Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, it's good to see you here. Why don't you high five about three people next to you and let them know it's good to see you today. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Maybe make sure they're a father. I don't know. <laughs> so good. So good to see you today. Man, I'm Pastor Welby, lead pastor here at Hope Rising. Such an honor and a privilege to get to be here and get to do this week in and week out with you. And I want to tell you, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Fathers-to-be. Uh, so, man, I know uh, children are a blessing from the Lord, the Word says. And, man, our students are actually, our teenagers are going to uh, our Wake Student Conference this, uh, this week. And, uh, man, we're excited about that. And so, hey, be in prayer for our students, man, that, that God just shows up and, and just messes up their life. And uh, not necessarily in a bad way. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But... Uh, but I just believe that God's got ordained moments in our lives, and, and some of the moments that God spoke to me and, and radically changed my life were, were moments where I went to events like this, where, where I might have got away from mom and dad for a few days and away from brother or sister, uh, or, or just life as we know it, the, the normalcy of life, the routine of summer, and uh, man, just allow God just to speak into uh, my life and those events, those moments. And so, man, this is going to be an amazing uh, week for our teenagers. So uh, please, please be praying for them as they go this week. They'll be in Austin. And, uh, man, it's just going to be so good. So, hey, once again, I want to say happy Father's Day. Man, I, 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 love, um, I love Father's Day because we get to honor dads. Come on, moms, wives. Come on. Come on, help us out today. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of grew up, I kind of grew up when I went to church, a uh, lot, lot of times you don't want to go to church on Father's Day because it was a day where the church beat you up. Like if you're a dad, it was like told you how bad you sucked and like how no good you were and all these things. I want to I set you at ease today. We're not here to tell you how bad you are. We're telling you how good you are and how thankful we are for you. And I'm just believing that God's got great things in store for you. And so I'm just telling you, just hang in there. Uh, it's going to be a great day today. We're going to laugh some, and uh, I just believe that the Lord's going to speak to us uh, today. Whether you're a dad or you're not, it's just going to be a good day. Everybody say, it's going to be good. There you go. So, hey, we are in the second week of uh, what we call our series, this Pardon the Interruption. And this whole series is really talking about uh, interruptions in the Bible. When God shows up, uh, Jesus shows up in the Bible where there's an interruption uh, in the status quo, we're interruption in life. Uh, we're taking some, some scripture and just talking about the interruption. And, oh, sorry, that's twice. Uh, what, happened, uh, what happened in, this, in the story. And so uh, here we go. We're going to talk about the life of Moses today. I thought this was really neat. Uh, one, because my wife actually talked about Moses uh, at Mother's Day. And the Mother's Day, she was talking about kind of the hardship of Moses and, and the birth of Moses and, and kind of what his life looked like in the very beginning and how he wasn't even supposed to live. And, and so if you, if you want to you kind of piggyback this message, go back and listen to Mother's Day message, uh, talk about kind of the beginning days of Moses. Uh, and so we're, so we're going to kind of continue this story today in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 
as we continue about the life of Moses. And so, so it says this, it says, one day, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. I don't know about you, but that'd be a cool name, Jethro. I don't know about you, but my name is, if your name is Jethro, I don't think anybody's going to mess with you. So the priest of Midian, he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go and see it. I mean, I mean, just picture this for a minute. You're in the middle of the desert. Nobody else is around, just you and some animals, all right? And, and all of a sudden, there is a bush, and it's on fire, and it's not burning. Now, maybe you thought you had bad Chinese food the night before. Maybe you thought, man, I didn't get enough sleep. The kids kept me up. You know, I don't know. But, but Moses is looking at this bush and he's intrigued. It's kind of like, like a wreck on 290. Like it's just intriguing, right? You, you, you've got to stop. You've got to slow down. You've got to take a look. And then you realize traffic is stopped, not because the wreck is on your side of the freeway, but on the other side of the freeway. But you just had to stop. And what has happened is, is God has grabbed Moses' attention. When God catches your attention, it's amazing how he can catch the attention of others. When God catches your attention, it's amazing how God can catch the attention of others. I just, it's amazing when God changes your life and people start to notice, right? When, when, when you used to maybe talk a certain way or go to certain places or do certain things, and then you stop doing them and people are like, whoa, bro, what's going on with you? Why are you sick? Are you okay? You're, now you're really positive. You used to be really negative. Like, what's going on? And, and you're, like, you're like, God grabbed my attention. I had, a, I had a burning bush type of moment with like Moses did. And I just realized that God had better for me. And so, so God's got the attention of Moses here, all right? And so it says in verse 4, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called him from the middle of the bush. I don't know about you, it's kind of weird. <coughs> Moses, Moses. I don't know if God sounded like that, but he does today, okay? <laughs> Here I am, Moses replied. Now, I've never had any voice coming from a bush, a rock, or anywhere else calling my name. So, Moses, he's intrigued some more, right? Moses, Moses, he hears his name twice. And if you're a Bible reader or you've grown up in church, I always wondered why, why, why did God say his name twice? Was it, was it kind of like when you have to yell at your kids? You know, like, Corbin, Corbin, get over here now! You know, is it like that? Uh, not that I would ever yell at my kids, but if I had done that before, it might have looked like that. And so I know y'all have never done that. It's okay. Y'all are better parents than me. Give me some grace today, okay? But back in these days, in this culture, addressing someone by saying his or her name twice was a way of expressing endearment or there was this affection of friendship. And so there, there was a closeness related to this, 
voice coming from the bush, the Lord speaking and saying, Moses, Moses. And so, so Moses immediately went to not being afraid, but Moses went to, man, there, there must be something here because the only time that somebody would say my name twice would be because somebody is close to me. It's a friend. It's somebody who cares about me. And so verse 5 says, do not come any closer. I'm like, well, do you want me to come or do you don't want me to want? You want me to come closer or do you want me to stay? Like, like, like I'm kind of confused here. But he says, don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. Because it's on holy ground that chains fall. Lives are healed. Chains are broken. Come on, families are restored. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard the cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with 2% milk or whole milk if you like it. Or maybe it's flowing with nachos at the nacho bar. Come on. Just see that man, man, make sure you get some nachos as you leave today. Man, that, that, the land flowing of, of cheese is, is, is right on the other hallway. Let's go, somebody. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Shine his face. Let's go. And so, um, no, it's a land flowing of milk. And local honey, your allergies are going to be great. It's a land where it's filled now with all of the ites. But look in verse 9, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 12 says, God answered, I we will be with you. Everybody say that. I'll, he'll be with me. Call say it again. He'll be with me. He answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. I, I believe there's a few things that, that we can talk about this scripture today as it really relates to everybody, but even more specifically, if you're a father today, a father-to-be, I believe that this will really speak to your life today. So let's lean in just a little bit. I want to give you a couple of things here. One is this, as we read that scripture, God needs a leader. Would you say that with me? God needs a leader. You see, anytime that God was getting ready to do something in the Old Testament, we see God looking for a leader. We, we see how, how God, he said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he began, those, those are leaders. And he began, we see that the, we read about Joshua and, and all of these, these people. When God was getting ready to do something significant, he would always look for a leader. And I, I'm telling you today that God needs a leader. That God needs a leader in you. Whether you're male or female, whether, whether you're a dad or you're not a dad, whether you're a mom or you're not a mom, God needs a leader, and I believe he's doing something in us. We, we live in a day and age where, where the divorce rate is 50%, give or take, depending on what stat you read. This, this generation has been named or coined the fatherless generation. I believe one of the things that we are doing in this house and starting 
to do and starting to see is that one of our hearts is to raise up sons and daughters of the house. No, maybe not, maybe not just biological children, but I'm talking about spiritual children. That maybe you are 20 or 30 or 40 years old, you're 50 years old, but, but hey, we're talking about building spiritual children here, that we would raise up sons and daughters in the house, that people would give their life to Jesus here, and we would see them flourish, and we'd see God do great and mighty things through their lives. You see, God needs you and he needs me to step up and to lead. He needs a leader. Verse 10, he said, you must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. In fact, if you don't do that, who will? Moses, if you don't do that, who will? Maybe if you don't step up to the call that God's got on your life, maybe he'll start using somebody else. But I'm so thankful that Moses stepped up in that moment. God needs a leader. Also, your family needs a leader. Your family needs a leader. Your family needs somebody to point them to Jesus. Shouldn't be that quiet this morning, okay? It's okay. The ball's not about to drop. <laughs> but your family needs somebody to lead them to Jesus. I just think the best, or the, the best person that, that can be is you, Dad. Is you. The best thing my parents ever did for me as a kid was teach me the importance of going to church, honoring God's house. We made church a priority. I mean, it didn't matter. We were going to church. We knew Sunday morning, it was time to get up. And we did early service. We were like eight o'clock. We went to eight o'clock service. I mean, it was like, whoo! You had to really love Jesus to be at the eight o'clock service. You know what I'm talking about? And so uh, it, was, it was super early. Well, there was this one time that my parents, they, it was Sunday morning, they woke me up. And I was like, oh, man, I don't feel good. My stomach kind of hurts. And, and how, anybody ever had any kids do that before to you? Or maybe you've used that excuse before. You're like, oh, my stomach hurts a little bit. Uh, you, you know, you're not really sick, but you, you, know, you want to stay home because you're tired because it's 8 o'clock service. Come on. And so, so anyway, so I was really sick, though, and I wasn't feeling it very well. And I was like, man, I just don't feel that good. And they're like, we're going to church. Let's go. And so, and so we, I put my clothes on, and we got in the car, and, and everything's great. And they look back in the back like, how you doing? And like, I'm still sick. They're like, you're going to be all right. We're going to be in the Lord's house. They'll spit on you. They'll lay some hands on you, and you'll be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> and so it's really good. And so, so I remember, like, in the middle of, of the pastor preaching, I, I'm sitting. We, we had old school pews. Anybody you know what I'm talking about? Like pews. I mean, the ones that are super heavy, they do. They, thou shall not be moved, okay? They, 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 they were a, a fixture in the church. They were sturdy. They were strong. You didn't want to stub your toe on them because it would break your toe. And so I remember sitting sitting there kind of towards the back, not in the back, but kind of close. And, and the preacher, our pastor is preaching. And, and I remember getting this feeling. <laughs> oh. I'm about eight years old, okay? About eight, right? <laughs> And, and the pastor's going, and I'm trying to like keep it. I'm trying to keep it chill, right? Like, I'm not trying to let anybody know that that I, I'm, I'm. I think I'm about to lose my lose my cookies, and I, I'm about to lose it all. And 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 all of a sudden, in the middle of pastor preaching, I just like out of nowhere, just like, and I throw up all over this lady in front of me. Oh man, I know, it was awful. I mean, all over. I, I mean. It, it looked like you had to bring in the aftermath crew. It was really bad. 
it was it was like all all over the lady her jacket uh, my parents jackets I mean it was it was really bad so we did what any good family would do in that moment my parents just quietly picked us up and we just went home but they taught me the importance of going to church and honoring the Lord this is what it's done for me in my life it's it's taught me how to run to God instead of running to other things. It taught me how to run to the Lord instead of running to other things. My life's not been perfect, but in the moments that I struggled, in the moments in my weaknesses, in the moments when I didn't know what to do, where I needed some answers, what it did was is it taught me to run to Jesus than other things. Can I tell you that God needs a leader? Let it start with you. Secondly, God will be with you. Everybody say that with me. God will be with you. I love what it says in verse 11. He, Moses, he protests. He asks God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to be a leader? And God answers him in verse 12. He says, I will be with you. I don't know about you, but that's really encouraging that the Lord would say, I'll be with you. This is a promise it's a fulfillment that he gave Moses. I, I will be with you before, during, and after. I am with you and always will be with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. See, God had, God's already given you what you need today. For Moses, it was his staff. He gave, he gave him a staff. He said, hey, what's in your hand? He's like, I got you. Like, take your staff, throw it down, and it became a snake. Now, I don't know about you, I hate snakes. Anybody? Like, any, any, any good snake is a dead snake. That's just kind of how I am. I don't care if it's a garden snake. I don't care if it's a baby snake. Like, it doesn't matter at all. A, a good snake is a dead snake. And so, Moses' staff turns into a snake, goes to the ground. And at that moment, I probably would have pulled out like my nine and be like, pow, 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 pow. But, but God told Moses, he said, no. He said, pick it up. And I'd be like, nah, nah, gee, like you pick it up. You pick up the snake, you do your thing, I ain't touching it. Like, you make it become a staff, I'm good. But like, don't, don't, I'm not, I'm not touching it. Like, you do, no, you said you'll be with me, but you're lying, you're lying that thing's gonna bite me. I'm gonna die from being, getting bit by a snake. It's gonna be your fault. And then you lead your people out of Israel. But he was showing him that he'll always be with him. God's already given you what you need. For you, it may be your spouse. I said, for you, it may be your spouse. Some of y'all married folk better get excited. Come on. We're gonna have like marriage counseling line. All, we ain't gonna have a nacho bar. We're gonna have a counseling line. <laughs> One of the things that Kristen and I have learned to do is, is fight together, not against each other. We've learned to fight together. Right? We always say we're better together and that's, that's the truth, but we've learned to, to fight towards a common goal instead of against each other. Oh, that doesn't mean that we don't disagree and we don't, we don't have arguments from time to time, 
But the moments that we feel like maybe it's getting a little heated or a little bit, a little bit sideways, we, we, we literally will stop the conversation and, and be like, look, this is retarded. This is stupid. Like, we are to fight together towards a common cause. We're not going to let something, something so silly come in between us and our marriage because we're a team. We're a team, and, t- and teams, they fight towards a common goal. Come on, like I mean, that, that's, that's what it is. The, the, the Raptors, they just won the, the championship, right? Like they just won the chip, all right? Like it's, we'll get security. We'll ask you to go out. It's cool. And so um, I'm just kidding. Uh, I really wanted the Rockets to win, so that's why I got my red shoes on today. And so anyways, the, um, we're a team. <laughs> we fight towards a common goal, right? They, they said, hey, this is the ultimate. This is the ultimate goal in basketball is to win the championship. I don't know what the championship looks like for you in your family. Maybe, maybe the championship is every month you go on a date night with your spouse. Maybe, maybe championship is, man, we paid our bills this month. Let's go. Come on, somebody. Like, like maybe championship is, is how do we get out of debt? Maybe the, maybe the goal is, is how do we pay off this car? How do we pay off our house? How, how do we treat each other? Maybe that's the championship goal. How do, we, how do we show our kids how to love one another? Man, that's really good preaching, Pastor Robert. You just keep on going. All right. <laughs> Moses, he was already feeling inadequate. So God uses his staff to show him, hey, I'm going to be with you, Moses. You may feel inadequate today. You may feel less than. You may, you may feel, I don't, have, I don't have the tools, the resources. Like I, I'm doing my best, but this is just how I feel. I want you to know that God brings you a helper. It's called your spouse. It's a husband. It's a wife. Maybe you're a single parent. Maybe you're single today. Maybe you're looking for that boo. You're looking for that honey. You're looking for that main squeeze. Come on. Like, like the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is our counselor, that he is our helper. So even if you don't have somebody physically there helping you like a spouse or somebody like that, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you as a believer that will help you, lead you, guide you in and through all things. And that's good news, somebody. Come on. So Exodus Exodus chapter 4 says this, chapter 10. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. Have you ever pled with the Lord before? I want you to do something. You're like, ah, I need you to tell me a few more times. He says, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. You see, Moses had a stuttering problem, so he didn't speak very well. He wasn't very eloquent. He said, I never have been, and I'm definitely not now, even though you have spoken to me. I, I thought this line was so... Interesting. Even though you've spoken to me, even though you've told me to do something, even though you have confirmed it, even though you have shown me, I still doubt that I can do what you said I can do. I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? And the Lord's kind of getting a little attitude right here. Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord, Moses? Now go, get on out of here. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. How can God use somebody like me, right? 
Maybe you're asking that question today. How can God truly use somebody like me? It's great that he uses somebody like Moses. We, we read the story and, and we see that he delivers the, the children of Israel. Like, it's great. Like, reading the story is amazing, but that's Moses. That's not us. Can I tell you that God isn't afraid of your questions or your doubt today? Maybe you got some questions for God. Maybe you got some doubt, some things that you're like, God, I'm not too sure about this. Can I tell you that it doesn't affect him? It doesn't phase him? He's okay with your questions? He's not worried about what others may think or how you view yourself? He's not worried about it? He's like, they may say this and they may do this, but it doesn't matter because I'm with you. Now, if I be for you, who can be against you? Let's roll. Come on. And if God was looking for someone perfect, he would have named you Jesus. I felt like that would be for somebody today. If God was looking for somebody perfect, he would have named you Jesus. But you know what? He didn't. He named you or me Welby. He named you Kristen. Because he didn't need anybody else to be perfect. He just needed us to live in relationship with him and be forgiven. See, he doesn't expect you to do it alone. Not only will he be with you, but he'll send other people in your life and, and in your path. And he, not only will he be with you, but he'll say, hey, I'm gonna bring some people alongside of you. It might be even a church called Hope Rising that's gonna come alongside of you to help you in life. That's what I love about our groups. It's a group of people that aren't perfect. It's a group of people that, that do life together week in and week out and, and say, hey, we, man, we're just gonna do life together. We're gonna eat together, come on. Like, we love food. We're gonna, we're gonna laugh together. We're gonna see what God's doing in our lives and how we can pray for one another. And so we wanna, we wanna do life together. That's why we got group signups right now. We, we start groups here uh, next week. Man, it's gonna be amazing. It's a six weeks, six weeks uh, semester. It's, it's summer, we know it's shorter. But hey, we want you to get in. We want you to start doing life with people. Lastly, God has, God has empowered you. Not only will he be with you, but he's empowered you. The Lord told Moses, when you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform all the miracles. I have, what? I have empowered you to do. He's given you the tools that you need. I don't know about you, I'm not a very good craftsman, okay? Like I, I, I can't, I, I, don't, I don't put things together well. I've been married almost 16 years now and I just got to the point where I'm okay like putting up some curtains in the house or something, okay? Don't judge me, don't laugh at me. Some of y'all pay people to do that, all right? So just, so just be all right, all right? But I'm not a craftsman, like, like I, I, I'm horrible at it. Hey baby, I need you to hang this. Ah, let's call somebody, I don't know what to do, you know? call Enrique let's let's do something I uh I need I need help I, I sometimes I don't even have the right tools anyways right I, I keep I keep just enough of the tools that I that I need so hopefully I don't have to go buy anymore right like I'm just I'm just not there and and I'm okay with that because Jamie has a whole store in his garage and so I'm just like if I need tools just go to Jamie's house and we're gonna be all right all right so God has empowered you whether it's you or it's people around you, but he'll give you the tools that you need. You know, I, 
as I thought about this concept or this, this, this thought that God's empowered us, I thought about what, what having a dad did for me. You know that dad, my, my dad, he, he gave me confidence. Many of you, maybe you don't know my story, maybe you do, and I'm not gonna get too much into it today, but, but my mom had me at 17, and, 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 and my biological dad was, was out of the picture early on, and, 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 but here comes this guy, came into my mom's life, and uh, marries my mom, ends up a, a, adopting me at the age of eight or so, somewhere in that, in that range, and uh, I'll tell you what it did for me, it gave me confidence. It gave me confidence that I needed to, to go through this life. Maybe it's because he's a confident guy, but it, but it began just to, to flow into my life. And it was someone who believed in me when, when I didn't believe in myself. And it was someone who would walk with me through some of the difficult, darkest moments of my life. When, when I had a friend who committed suicide, it was, it was my dad's arms that I, I ran to and cried in because I didn't understand at 14 why somebody would take their life. And I, I just didn't understand why somebody close to me who seemingly had it all together and, and had great things looking forward into their life, like, well, why would, it, why would this happen? Why would they decide to do this? It was somebody who would navigate some deep, dark moments when some people said some untrue things about me and I would sit there and have to have some hard conversations with my dad. Why would people treat me like this when I don't treat them like that? And he would guide me and he would, he would lead me. He'd help prepare me for life. He'd show me how to be a husband and a dad. And he, he showed me how to apologize when he was wrong. I think that might be one of the biggest things that, that our kids can learn from us is, is learn how to apologize when we're wrong, mom and dad. Anytime I'm wrong, I tell my kids, hey, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have reacted like that. I shouldn't have raised my voice. I shouldn't have done that, I'm sorry. Dad knows better, I'm sorry. I thought it was a great lesson. Yes, Lord. <laughs> if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you should in just a moment. <laughs> I laughed the other day. I was, I was putting Corbin down to bed, it was actually, uh, it was last night, I think. And Sundays are early for us and we get here early and we're setting up and so we are like, hey, you know what, we, we've played today, we've read books today, um, dad's just gonna, I, I'll lay with you for a minute, but that, that's all you're getting and, and I'm gonna lay with you and then you're gonna go to bed. And uh, he was kind of upset with me. And um, so I said, turn the light off, let's get in bed and let's just, I'll snuggle with you. And so he lays there for a minute, kind of huffs and puffs, like kids do sometimes. And he, he rolls over and puts his arm around me. He says, Dad, I forgive you. <laughs> but, but I thought to myself, he, he learned that from us. He learned that from me by saying, hey, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. I think the two power, most powerful phrases we can ever say and tell our kids and maybe to anybody is I'm sorry and that I love you. I'm sorry and that I love you. 
Man, I don't know about you, but when somebody tells me they love me, when my wife tells me she loves me, when my kids tell me they love me, it does something to the inside of me. What was my dad doing? He was empowering me for life. And so do you wonder what it is that I try to instill into my kids? It's those same things. Try to give them the confidence they need to get through this life. I tell my kids all the time, you're a leader. You're a leader. There's almost a day that doesn't go by that I don't tell my kids, you're a leader. I drop Bria off when it's, when it's when school, school's in session. You're a leader. Go be a leader today. Go make a difference today. God's called you to make a difference. Don't follow the crowd. I, I, those are conversations we have. And, and I, I, get, I get to once a year go be watchdog dad at school. And you want, you want, to, see, you want to know what I get to see my daughter be? A leader. You know what I see? I see her friends and other kids going, what are we going to go play outside? What game are we going to play today? This didn't happen by accident. It's because somebody's speaking into her life saying, you're a leader. You can do this. God's created something inside of you. There's greatness inside of you. Let's draw it out. So I try to instill the same things into my kids. I love what Romans 8 says. It says, Verse 15 says, God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are. Father and children. Not, not, not master and slave, but father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us. An unbelievable inheritance. What a day that's going to be. You see, we, we desire that, there's four things that, that we do here that we would desire for you, and ironically, we find that in Moses' life, and or not ironically, on purpose, actually, but that you would know God, that he'll get your attention that maybe it's a burning bush type of moment or, or maybe it's a still small voice when you're at home or you're in your car or you're at the office. But we just believe everybody should know God. We believe it's the best decision anybody could ever make. And what an amazing day for that to maybe be you today. That God would do whatever he takes to get your attention, that, that you would find freedom because God caught the attention of Moses, the entire Israelites, they found freedom. They crossed the Red Sea on dry land. We, they, they, we see that they, or read that they found freedom. They were free. And I don't know about you, but, but it's an amazing uh, experience. And it's an amazing thing when you walk around free. When, when you don't have the chains of life just, just keeping you back. When you don't have the things of life holding you back and keeping you from all that God's created you to be. It's an amazing thing. Find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose because there's things inside of you that God wants to draw out. Moses, your purpose is to go to Pharaoh and speak to him and tell him to let God's people go. 
and that you would lead the people of Israel to freedom. I want to discover your purpose. Even in your doubts and your fears and the moments you're insecure and feel inadequate, God's there with you. He's there with you so you can make a difference. And I thought, why not start with our families? Why not start with your family today? Wherever your family is, wherever you give your family a grade in your head, all right? Wherever your family, just let's start making a difference today. Let's take one step together today in making a difference in our kids, making a difference in our marriage, making a difference in our relationships and our friendships and what a better world our world would be if we started there. So let's lead well. God's with you and he's empowered you. He's given you the tools. Our kids this past week were gone all week at my, at my parents' house. Last weekend we had a family reunion and they went with my, my parents up in Dallas and <clears throat> they got to spend the whole week with them. And I don't know if it, it, some of you, you, you probably, some of you have experienced this, like your kids have been gone for just a little bit of time and man, you start to miss your kids, you know? Maybe it's a day or two or a couple hours, I don't know. Maybe I'm bad you miss them. <laughs> but, but I remember it was a day or two, and we are just like, man, we kind of miss our kids. But it had been a week, and it had actually been a full seven days since I would got to see them. And I was really getting to miss my kids. And so Friday, we got to go up, and we met my parents halfway and uh, to pick up our kids. And we were sitting there at Woody's and they're in Centerville because everybody needs some good beef jerky and and we stop and we're waiting on on them to get there and I remember seeing seeing my parents roll up and I get out of the car I'm excited my arms are wide open and my kids aren't even out of the car yet I'm smiling and Bria's the first one out of the car, and she runs out, and she goes, Daddy, 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 Daddy. And she just, just embraces me, and I, I embrace her, and, and it could have lasted forever, and I would have been all right. My nine-year-old daughter just in my arms. And I let go, and she still was holding on. Daddy, I missed you so much. Then Corbin gets out of the car seat and, like, come here, buddy. And I pick up Corbin and, and he just holds on to me. Daddy, I missed you so much. And I thought to myself that this must be how God the Father feels when we run into his arms. That he's, he's standing here today with his arms wide open. Maybe you're here today and, and you've, you've not embraced him. You've, you've not run to him. Or, or, or maybe, maybe it's been a while, but, but today would be a great day to run back into the arms of Jesus. That the Father's arms would surround you and comfort you and bring you peace. 
that he would let you know that it's going to be okay. I, I think if God the Father was, was here in person today, I, I think he would tell you that it, it's going to be okay. I'm here. I'm here now. I love you. Man, I sure did miss you. But we've got a lot of great things in store. So let's go accomplish what we started together because we're a team. We're going to work together. And I will always be with you. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, I want to just pray for your people here today. I want to pray for dads today. Lord, people that maybe feel inadequate today. Sometimes as dad, we, we do all that we can to try and make everything happen for our families. And Lord, sometimes we just feel like we come up short. Lord, and I, I pray today for, for dads to not feel like they come up short, but I pray that they would be encouraged. I pray that they, they, would, they would feel loved today. Lord, that they would feel honored today. That you've called them to be the leader of their home. Lord, I pray that you would, you would be with them and you would speak with them. That you would empower us as dads, Lord, to lead the best that we know how. And Lord, in the moments we don't know, in the moments that we have questions, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to us so clear that we would know what to do next. Lord, I pray you bless families today. Lord, I pray for those that maybe their dad hasn't been present. Maybe there's been some heartache and some struggles from, from dad. Lord, I, I pray that you would heal any wound that might have been caused from a, an earthly father. God, and I pray that you would wrap your arms around us today and bring healing. And do for us what maybe somebody else couldn't do. And so we love you today. Thank you for speaking to us. And speak with them. That you would empower us as dads, Lord, to lead the best us. that we know how. And Lord, maybe you're here today and don't you've know, never given your life to Jesus we have or, questions, or you're far away from God and you want to speak to us so clear. You want to come back to Jesus. You want to run into the arms what to do next. of God today. You, you say, that's me, Pastor Well, Would you just say a prayer with me? I'm Lord, not I pray you bless families you stand today. up or come forward, but I just want you to raise Lord, your pray hands for those that identify with maybe their dad hasn't been God present today. and just say a prayer with you. Say, that's me. I want to, I want to come to Jesus today. Maybe there's been some heartache and some struggles from dad. Lord, I, I pray that you would heal any wound yeah. Yeah. that might have been caused from a, That's me. an earthly father. God, and I pray that you would wrap your arms around us today and bring healing. Say this prayer with me all across this place, whether you raise your hand. And do for us what maybe somebody else couldn't do. Lord Jesus, I ask you to And come so we love you today. today. Thank you, I believe in you for speaking to us. And changing us. Thank you.
you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.